Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? The 85th Annual National Football League Player Selection Meeting kicks off Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern for year number two on ABC, and it's the 40th anniversary of ESPN's first draft in 1980. From ESPN's Bristol, Connecticut studio, the NFL Network and ESPN Deportes also will televise the seven-round, three-day event with at least 180 cameras across the country, feeding Commissioner Roger Goodell, coaches, general managers, 58 prospects, special guests, and fans from separate, social-distanced locations. ESPN and the NFL Network will team up for coverage all three days. ABC will have its own distinctive primetime telecast for Round 1 on Thursday at 8 Eastern and Rounds 2 and 3 on Friday at 7 Eastern before simulcasting the ESPN-NFL Network presentation on Saturday beginning at noon Eastern. In addition to the 255 selections, including compensatory picks, the NFL Foundation has selected six charities to benefit from a virtual fundraiser known as Draftathon. The NFL and its broadcast partners will pay tribute to health care workers and first responders in a variety of ways, including raising funds for the American Red Cross, the CDC Foundation's All of Us Combat Coronavirus Campaign, Feeding America's COVID-19 Response Fund, Meals on Wheels America's COVID-19 Response Fund, the Salvation Army, and the United Way's COVID-19 Community Response and Recovery Fund. NFL Network Senior Vice President of Programming and Production Mark Quinzel and ESPN Vice President of Production Seth Markman addressed the challenges of producing the show during the COVID-19 pandemic. Quinzel, a former ESPN programming executive, acknowledged the 2020 draft will be like none before and will be handled accordingly. The tone um, is, yes, we're, we're doing a draft, and, um, and we hope that that provides um, some entertainment and some comfort and maybe some minor sense of normalcy in this clearly not a normal world right now. Um, so that part of the draft is important, and we think – we want to do a great job of that for those reasons, uh, and also uh, acknowledging the fact, as I said, that um, that it is taking place in in a time that uh, that is creating a lot of a, a lot of uh, stress for a lot of people. Um, there's obviously tragedy involved. There's a lot of things involved, but also clearly um, heroic uh, moments by so many people. Um, and we think that's an important thing to get across, um, you know, be it any of the medical frontline people. Like I said, there's a lot of people out there, people working in grocery stores, people delivering the mail, all those types of things. Um, and we want to acknowledge that, uh, that, that the draft that we're doing uh, and hopefully the, 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 the comfort and, again, some level of normalcy, I hope, that we're providing um, is in the, in the context of understanding what's going on in people's lives because those, those are our fans, okay, and those are the families of our fans. Markman, a 27-year veteran of ESPN, described the scaled-down staffing and social distancing steps being taken. He said the worldwide leader is even coordinating its efforts with the Nutmeg State's chief executive. In a normal control room, 
um, for an NFL draft event, we'd probably have about 15 people in a control room at one time. And if you add in some executives and, and salespeople and things like that, you're probably looking at 20. Um, we are limiting it to seven uh, for the draft. Everybody will be uh, at least six feet apart, and I'll tell you it's going to be more than that, as I've seen the setup. We've actually expanded to two different control rooms for each um, for each of our broadcasts. So what all the people that would normally be in one, we've now spread it out to two. Everybody sort of has their own desk, their own area. The other thing is um, we are mandating that everybody wear masks um, at ESPN for our telecast. So not on the air, obviously, but, I mean, everybody behind the scenes in the control room. So it's tricky on a lot of levels. I mean, you're talking about producers wearing masks trying to communicate with the talent and everything that's going on in this broadcast is not ideal, but it, we do believe it's the safest environment, and the governor of Connecticut has also kind of told us that we need to do it that way. As Markman notes, the on-air talent won't be wearing masks, but they will be spaced out. On ESPN and NFL Network, Trey Wingo will host, while Susie Colbert conducts remote interviews with players. Remoting into the broadcast will be analysts Mel Kuyper Jr., Lewis Riddick, and Booger McFarland. NFL Network host Rich Eisen and analyst Daniel Jeremiah, Michael Irvin, and Kurt Warner also will join remotely, as will ESPN senior NFL insiders Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter. Quinzel noted that the talent integration will be seamless between ESPN and NFL Network. I feel confident, and, you know, Seth, I think would back me up, that you will see Mel Kuyper and Dan, Daniel Jeremiah on the screen at the same time, okay? You will see Kurt Warner and somebody from the The idea is not to do, uh, let's do an NFL Network segment, let's do an ESPN segment. The idea is to use the people and their various expertises, okay, at the proper time, uh, regardless of which network they happen, they happen to work for. And we're working very, very hard on that. On ABC, Reese Davis, Jesse Palmer, Maria Taylor, and Tom Rinaldi will be in studio in Bristol, while College Game Day mainstays Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard, and David Pollack will provide analysis from home. For the first time, Todd McShay will analyze all seven rounds. He'll move to ESPN for rounds four to seven. ABC's family and journey-focused storytelling provides the secret sauce for the broadcast network's shows, and Markman says they have nearly six dozen profiles ready to roll. At the combine, we sat down with a lot of the players, so their stories uh, are. You know, I've I've scanned through some of this. We have over seventy of these like storytelling vignettes, we'll call them, um, and they're they're exceptional. Last year's first round drew a combined nine and a half million viewers on ESPN and ABC, with over five million viewers across the Disney outlets the second night. According to Markman, last year's ABC audience was new, not taking away from ESPN's past viewership. Our female audience overall was 46% female on ABC. So that's, that's sort of an amazing t- statistic of, you know, when you can draw on that kind of a female audience for an event like this. And I think, you know, that group for the most part in our, in our group, in our research afterwards, were really drawn in on that storytelling I mentioned the time we took to really, you know, tell the stories of the kids, to get behind the scenes with their families, um, you know, that's how we feel like we can separate the two broadcasts. And the great news last year was that, you know, it's the first year we did the ABC broadcast. It didn't hurt 
the ESPN number at all from a rating standpoint. So we these were new people that came into the to watch the draft. In addition to the hosts and analysts already mentioned, ESPN reporters will cover teams remotely. Jocena Anderson is assigned the Vikings, Redskins, Browns, and 49ers. Jeff Darlington has the Dolphins, Jaguars, Buccaneers, and Chiefs. Dan Graciano will cover the Packers, Lions, Chargers, Panthers, and Raiders. Sal Palantonio will be on the clock with the Giants, Ravens, Eagles, and Jets. Mike Reese has the Patriots. Diana Rossini will be with the Titans, Bengals, Saints, and Falcons, while Ed Werder rounds out the reporting with the Broncos, Seahawks, Cowboys, and Cardinals. With a bunch of reporters, there's a temptation to tip picks, but Quenzel says Goodell will be the first to reveal each selection from his basement in Westchester County. The picks are the picks, and that, that is one thing that hasn't changed. Um, nobody gets to tweet anything until the pick comes out of the commissioner's mouth, um, and we feel very strongly about that, not just for us, but for our partner, other partners as well. So uh, they can comment all they want once the pick is announced. Until then, no. Among the 58 prospects participating in the draft will be three quarterbacks who played on two of the last three college football national champions, likely first overall pick Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. With that talent available, it could be the fifth consecutive draft with at least three quarterbacks drafted in the first round, tying the common draft error record set between 2002 and 2006. In his 37th draft at ESPN, Mel Kuyper Jr. doesn't see Hertz as a first-round selection, but acknowledges the quarterback reminds some of the league's reigning MVP. Jalen Hurts is kind of that wild card that I put in the second because of, you know, the way, like I say, like I say, Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill kind of opened that door. It's a copycat league. I still question the ability to see the field, throwing the football for Jalen Hurts, but he make progress in terms of accuracy and really developed late in his Alabama career before he even got to Lincoln Riley and did a really good job at Oklahoma. With so much focus on the coverage of the event, Markman says the players may be overlooked. Also, this year's draft won't see the same competition that last year's draft faced. You normally talk about quality of class, and, and this one is, is right up there. You know, you have household names, big quarterbacks, big quarterbacks, you know, college stars, national champions. So I think we, we were set up for a a big ratings year anyway, I think. But I think, you know, because of the circumstances we're all in, you know, I think we're just waiting kind of to see, you know. I think we're optimistic about it, you know. Um, you know, real, realistically, I think you all know we don't have the competition we may normally have, um, you know, whether it be NBA playoffs or, or other other sports, baseball, um, you know, that we would normally get. So there's there's – I think there's more eyeballs and more anticipation, um, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even hazard a guess right now. Fans have been central to the draft since ESPN's first broadcast in 1980. While they won't be gathered in Las Vegas as the NFL and ESPN had hoped, Quinzel says they will be accounted for. We are testing a, I guess we call it a virtual fan concept, um, where there'll be a bunch of fans for each team. Uh, individually in their homes, safe distancing, and can we aggregate that into a group? Uh, to be honest with you, we're still working it through, and by the way, that's a gazillion more feeds, so uh, I don't know uh, where it's going to finally end up, but it's not lost on us that uh, that the fans are usually a big part of, uh, of the draft experience on site, and uh, well, clearly we can't replicate that, uh, but we, we are looking at a bunch of measures to try and figure out how we bring fans uh, into, the, uh, into the equation. 
Markman believes remote coverage could be the way of the future for ESPN as talent become accustomed to reporting from home during this pandemic. We have so many home cameras now with our talent um, that, you know, in the future when there's major breaking news, uh, you know, we used to rely on a lot of phone calls in and, and now, you know, we've we've got everybody's homes um, outfitted such that, you know, it will allow us to get many more faces and voices on TV instantly once we get through this. And that's just, you know, kind of one of the, the good things I hope that will come from this. Also, you know, just the, you know, how we've all learned and adjusted, you know, to use um, different virtual technology to replace some in-person meetings and uh, communicate with each other. I don't think those will go away. Quenzel agrees and hopes to blaze a trail while learning from other entertainment programming. We're trying things, so many things, that we've never done before. And some of them will work, will work better than others. Some will not work as well as we would hope. Uh, and we're prepared to adjust for that. But it, I think, again, for, for me and I think for Seth, it, it's worth trying, okay, number one. And number two, as I sit here, you know, with no place to go working on this with Seth and, and many others, I've got the TV on and I'm watching what other people are doing. I'm watching, you know, you just saw what Saturday Night Live did and what the late night talk shows are doing and all these various things that, that people are trying. And sometimes I look at it and, and I go, yeah, I get that. And then sometimes I look at it and go, how the heck do they do that? All right. And I think that helps inform us in terms of, you know, p- potential avenues we can go down to try things we haven't tried before. It'll be interesting to see the drama of the picks and the drama behind the scenes as ABC, ESPN, NFL Network, and ESPN Deportes televise the draft on Thursday from 8 to 11.30 p.m. Eastern, Friday from 7 to 11.30 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday from noon to 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social, at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Sports. I'm on Twitter, at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.